Welcome to Cultivate Connection, a weekly Bible-based meditation podcast, giving you the skills to carve out space, experience peace, and grow your relationship with God. So happy that you're here with us today. This is actually our last podcast of 2019. If you want to learn more about Cultivate Connection, you can go to cultivateconnection.com. There, you can even subscribe to receive our Cultivate Collection Weekly. This is a newsletter that goes out once a week. It's just full of resources, our blog, the podcast, different stories on where we're at in the world, what's going on, and we also share with you some of our favorite resources. If you'd like to receive that email once a week, you can simply subscribe at cultivateconnection.com. So this is not only our last podcast of this year, it's also the last podcast in our series called Love Came Down. This is where we've been focusing on the prophecy and the birth of Jesus. So as we wrap up this series, we're also going to begin looking forward to our next series starting next week as we open the new year of 2020. And just like we did last year, we actually had you guys submit words that we ended up making meditations from. Maybe you already have a word for 2020 that you want to focus on as an intention. And if you haven't spent the time to select a word to focus on as an intention for 2020, next week's meditation is going to take us through that exercise. We're going to make some room and some space to sit with the Lord to hear what kind of intention he'd like us to set for the year 2020. Look forward to doing that with you next week. The exciting part that we are bringing back this year is that you can submit your words to Cultivate Connection, and we're going to select a handful of those words and make meditations crafted from the word that God gives you for 2020. So if you do have a word already or when you get one, Just send us an email or find us on Facebook or Instagram and send us that word. You can let us know if there's a scripture God gave you as well and why that word is special to you. So if you want to email us, it's hello at cultivateconnection.com. And if you follow us on Facebook or Instagram, you'll also see posts there asking you what your word is for 2020. So let's get started with this week's meditation. Go ahead and settle in wherever you need to be today. Maybe you just take a moment to find a little bit of stillness. Beginning to turn your attention towards your breath. Beginning to connect with that inhale and exhale. Allowing yourself to become fully present in this space. And whatever's going on in your day or in your week. Can you just give yourself permission to come here to meet with the Lord, 
And just as we exhale, we make more room in our body to receive that new fresh breath. In the same way, is there anything you need to release, even as we just begin today? So that you can make some room and space for what God has for you today. Just as simple as an exhale, can you lay it down? Maybe allowing the shoulders to soften away from the ears on the exhale. Finding some release of tension in the body as you breathe in and out. And as you continue with the breath, allowing it to lengthen and to slow, and open us in prayer for today. God, I thank you so much. You know each person listening right now. You know where in the world they are. You know their situation. And you are not bound by time or space, God. Though I'm recording this today and maybe they're listening to it on another day. You, God, are present. You're present as I record and you're present as they listen. Lord, will you flow through your word today and bring your truth? Will you bring freedom in hearts today? Will you deliver us from darkness? Will you shine your light that we could know you more? And God, will you activate hearts into your presence to see your goodness, to be awakened by you, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that not one person on this planet is a mistake, that you have created each one in your image and for your glory. And I pray, God, they would see more of that image of who they are today and they would bring you more glory as they live their lives. Take this time in this space, God, and draw each of us closer to you. Activate your word within us that we may know you. Just taking some time here for you to be still with your breath. To not be in a hurry to always go on to the next thing. But to find God in this present moment and to hear his heart. Simply be with him. 
Can you just turn your focus and your attention towards Jesus? And as you do, what do you experience today? What do you think about when you think of Jesus? Is there a desire to lean in to get closer as you focus your attention upon him? Or is there a desire to draw back? Just notice where you're at today. We're going to continue on reading from Luke 2, picking up where we left off last week. So last week we focused on the birth of Jesus. And this week we're going to read through verses 21, continuing all the way to verse 40, reading about the dedication of Jesus. As I read it this first time, notice anything that stands out, piques your interests, draws you in. On the day of the baby's circumcision ceremony, eight days after his birth, his parents gave him the name Jesus, the name prophesied by the angel before he was born. After Mary's days of purification had ended, it was time for her to come to the temple with a sacrifice, according to the law of Moses, after the birth of a son. So Mary and Joseph took the baby Jesus to be dedicated before the Lord. For it is required in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be set apart, one for God. And to offer a prescribed sacrifice, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. As they came to the temple to fulfill this requirement, an elderly man was waiting, a resident of Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. He was a very good man, a lover of God who kept himself pure, and the spirit of holiness rested upon him. Simeon believed in the imminent appearing of the one called the refreshing of Israel. For the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not see death before he saw the Messiah, the anointed one of God. For this reason, the Holy Spirit had moved him to be in the temple court at the very moment Jesus' parents entered to fulfill the requirement of the sacrifice. 
Simeon cradled the baby in his arms and praised God and prophesied, saying, Lord and Master, I am your loving servant, and now I can die content. For your promise to me has been fulfilled. With my own eyes I have seen your word, the Savior you sent into the world. He will be the glory of your people Israel and the revelation light for all people everywhere. Mary and Joseph stood there, awestruck over what was being said about their baby. Simeon then blessed them and prophesied over Mary, saying, A painful sword will one day pierce your inner being, for your child will be rejected by many in Israel. And the destiny of your child is this. He will be laid down as a miracle sign for the downfall and resurrection of many in Israel. Many will oppose this sign, but it will expose to all the innermost thoughts of their hearts before God. A prophetess named Anna was also in the temple court that day. She was from the Jewish tribe of Asher and the daughter of Phanuel. Anna was an aged widow who had been married only seven years before her husband passed away. After he died, she chose to worship God in the temple continually. For the past 84 years, she had been serving God with night and day, prayer and fasting. While Simeon was prophesying over Mary and Joseph and the baby, Anna walked up to them and burst forth with a great chorus of praise to God for the child. And from that day forward, she told everyone in Jerusalem who was waiting for their redemption that the anticipated Messiah had come. When Mary and Joseph had completed everything required of them by the law of Moses, they took Jesus and returned to their home in Nazareth in Galilee. The child grew more powerful in grace, for he was being filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Let's continue to meditate upon this story, upon the dedication of Jesus. Which part of this story is God inviting you into? Which part does he want to unpack and cause you to reflect on deeper?
On the day of the baby's circumcision ceremony, eight days after his birth, his parents gave him the name Jesus, the name prophesied by the angel before he was born. After Mary's days of purification had ended, it was time for her to come to the temple with a sacrifice, according to the law of Moses after the birth of a son. So Mary and Joseph took the baby Jesus to Jerusalem to be dedicated before the Lord. For it is required in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be set apart one for God, and to offer a prescribed sacrifice, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. As they came to the temple to fulfill this requirement, an elderly man was there waiting, a resident of Jerusalem, whose name was Simeon. He was a very good man, a lover of God who kept himself pure, and the spirit of holiness rested upon him. Simeon believed in the imminent appearing of the one called the refreshing of Israel. For the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not see death before he saw the Messiah, the anointed one of God. For this reason, the Holy Spirit had moved him to be in the temple courts at the very moment Jesus' parents entered to fulfill the requirements of the sacrifice. Simeon cradled the baby in his arms and praising God and prophesied, saying, Lord and Master, I am your loving servant, and now I can die content, for your promise to me has been fulfilled. With my own eyes I have seen your word, the Savior you sent into the world. He will be the glory for your people Israel, and the revelation light for all people everywhere. Mary and Joseph stood there, awestruck over what was being said about their baby. Simeon then blessed them and prophesied over Mary, saying, A painful sword will one day pierce your inner being, for your child will be rejected by many in Israel. And the destiny of your child is this, he will be laid down as a miracle sign and for the downfall and resurrection of many in Israel. Many will oppose this sign, but it will expose to all the innermost thoughts of their hearts before God. A prophetess named Anna was also in the temple court that day. She was from the Jewish tribe of Asher and the daughter of Phanuel. Anna was an aged old widow who had been married only seven years before her husband passed away. After he died, she chose to worship God in the temple continually. For the past 84 years, she had been serving God with night and day prayer and fasting. While Simeon was prophesying over Mary and Joseph and the baby, Anna walked up to them and burst forth with a great chorus of praise to God for the child. And from that day forward, she told everyone in Jerusalem who was waiting for their redemption that the anticipated Messiah had come. When Mary and Joseph had completed everything required of them by the law of Moses, they took Jesus and returned to their home in Nazareth in Galilee. The child grew more powerfully in grace, for he was being filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him.
And as we linger just a little bit longer, reading through again, allow yourself to be put in this story. What do you notice around you? What's unfolding as these things take place? On the day of the baby's circumcision ceremony, eight days after his birth, his parents gave him the name Jesus, the name prophesied by the angel before he was born. After Mary's days of purification had ended, it was time for her to come to the temple with a sacrifice, according to the law of Moses, after the birth of a son. So Mary and Joseph took the baby Jesus to Jerusalem to be dedicated before the Lord. For it is required in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be set apart one for God, and to offer a prescribed sacrifice, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. As they came to the temple to fulfill this requirement, An elderly man was there waiting, a resident of Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. He was a very good man, a lover of God who kept himself pure, and the spirit of holiness rested upon him. Simeon believed in the imminent appearing of the one called the refreshing of Israel. For the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not see death before he saw the Messiah, the anointed one of God. For this reason, the Holy Spirit had moved him to be in the temple court at the very moment Jesus' parents entered to fulfill the requirement of the sacrifice. Simeon cradled the baby in his arms and praised God, prophesying, saying, Lord and Master, I am your loving servant, and now I can die content. For your promise to me has been fulfilled. With my own eyes, I have seen your word, the Savior you sent into the world. He will be glory for your people Israel and the revelation light for people everywhere. Mary and Joseph stood there, awestruck over what was being said about their baby. Simeon then blessed them and prophesied over Mary, saying, A painful sword will one day pierce your inner being. For your child will be rejected by many in Israel. And the destiny of your child is this. He will be laid down as a miracle sign for the downfall and the resurrection of many in Israel. Many will oppose this sign, but it will expose to all the innermost thoughts of their hearts before God. A prophetess named Anna was also in the temple court that day. She was from the Jewish tribe of Asher, the daughter of Phanuel. Anna was an aged widow who had been married only seven years before her husband passed away. After he died, she chose to worship God in the temple continually. For the past 84 years, she had been serving God with night and day prayer and fasting. While Simeon was prophesying over Mary and Joseph and the baby, Anna walked up to them and burst forth with a great chorus of praise to God for the child. And from that day forward, she told everyone in Jerusalem who was waiting for their redemption that the anticipated Messiah had come. 
When Mary and Joseph had completed everything required of them by the law of Moses, they took Jesus and returned to their home in Nazareth in Galilee. The child grew more powerful in grace, for he was being filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Just allowing this scripture to nourish your being. To meditate on, to read the word of God, to hear it, to absorb it. It's powerful. Maybe in the moment as we're reading or meditating, we don't have like a light bulb moment or a great encounter with God. But every time we eat the word of God, we read it, we absorb it. Every time We're nourishing our beings. We're nourishing our spirits. And so do you approach the word of God to receive that nourishment? Some days it may come alive and some days it may seem like it doesn't. But either way, there is great value in continually coming to eat the word, to meditate upon it. So I want to bless you at the end of this year. I want to bless you to finish 2019 full of gratitude for all that God has done. And to be filled with eager expectation for 2020 of what God is going to usher in. May your hearts be hungry for the word for his presence, and for his truth. May you be nourished daily by the beauty and the holiness found in God's word. May a spirit of wisdom and revelation continually surround you in every area of your life. May you receive solutions to perplexing problems in the world around you for you, for your family, and for those in your sphere of influence. May the light of God shine bright in your heart, in your mind, in your will, and in your emotions, and in your body. May you continually align yourself with the truth and the power and the presence of God, rising up in all who he's created you to be. And may the lies and the bitterness and the things of the past that are no longer needed be laid at his feet, released to him so that you may be filled with the purity, holiness, hope, and peace that God has for you today. Amen. Amen.